Hey, it's Brandon Laws. Welcome to Transform Your Workplace. If your team is struggling to communicate effectively in this new environment, fully remote, hybrid, or in person, well, according to our recent guest, Renee Marino, we can't lean too heavily on new school tools or we'll find ourselves facing constant workplace miscommunication and conflict. Instead, we should be balancing between what's new and that old school face-to-face interaction. It's critical if we want to make it in this post-pandemic workplace. So listen in as Renee shares insight from her new book, Becoming a Master Communicator, and find out how to step up your communication game at work. Hope you enjoy today's episode. Drop me a direct message on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you and hear how you like in the show. I really enjoyed this episode. One of the best podcasts I think I've done on communication. Renee was a fantastic guest and I hope you enjoy it. Talk to you next week. Renee, it's a pleasure to have you on Transform Your Workplace. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. We're going to talk about communication today. You've wrote a book called Becoming a Master Communicator, Balancing New School Technology with Old School Simplicity. I love this topic because it's something that, you know, I think I'm a good communicator, but there are moments where I catch myself where I'm like, I could have done that better. And I and I know there's a lot of terrible communicators out there. So I'm excited to just dive into the subject matter. You've got an interesting concept of balancing these, these new school technologies, the tools that we hide behind, and then the old school simplicity, which is really the face to face. So let me ask you this to start, you know, our message is being lost right now with the way we communicate through these new school tools versus the face-to-face? What are we missing when we lean on these tools too much? Absolutely. What I find is that we are all moving so quickly nowadays. Thanks to technology, it's a beautiful gift, but it truly is changing our brains. It's changing the ways that we listen, the ways that we focus, because we are so used to moving quickly from one task to the next. And many of us like to think we're multitaskers. I talk about this in the book. I thought I was the queen multitasker, wearing my crown proudly until I realized I was getting a little messy in all of my tasks, because truth be told, There really is no such thing as multitasking. It's task switching. And due to technology, I'm sure you see Brandon all the time, you'll be online, you're shooting someone an email, but then you have five other tabs open. And then you open that other tab and you remember, oh, you forgot to do this one thing. And then your mind moves to that. And before you know it, it's 45 minutes before you get back to the email. And then you forgot what you were even sending the email about. So because of that, a lot of our technology is taking away from what I call authentic communication. Think about it. When we text someone, when we email someone, we can't read tone through just words alone. And it's natural human behavior to attach a meaning or an intention to what we think that person is intending. And more oftentimes than not, we're wrong. And because of that, 
we go into this loop of assumptions and what I call in the book, the three act play, which are the mental ruminations that we experience from assuming what someone means instead of just saying, you know what? I got an email from Brandon today. I don't quite understand what he meant. I'm going to pick up the phone to verbally communicate with him or hop on a Zoom so I can see his body language, his facial expressions. That way I get a clearer picture of what he was trying to say. When we don't do that, we go into assumptions. And as you know, when we assume, we make an ass out of you and me. And that's where a lot of our problems arise. And and Brandon, let me ask you this. How many times in the workplace have you sent an email to someone or someone meant to send an email to you and you realize, oh, I haven't gotten that email? Did the person just drop the ball or vice versa and then come to find out, oh, it went to spam? Oh my goodness, I thought that this person just dropped the ball or maybe your boss thought that you dropped the ball. And then what does that do? It makes someone think, oh, maybe Brandon's not on it as much as I thought. It's the stories that people make up in their head. That's the part that's so tricky about non-face-to-face communication. And it's funny you brought up the email because, I mean, that caught myself last week. I, I got an email from somebody and I was like, I, you know, like I'm trying to craft an email back and I'm I'm writing it and it's like long-winded and I'm like, this is not going to go the way I want it. So I just picked up the phone and, and called the person and I'm like, we need to just talk through this because it's going to come out wrong. Yes. And I don't know if I would have done that years ago. Yeah. And I love that you do you say that because the same thing just happened to me. This is why I wrote the book, everybody, because we all are experiencing this more and more because technology is only getting more advanced, which again is a gift. But if we don't learn how to balance these two worlds, this is where the problems arise. This is where the miscommunication happens. And communication is like breathing. It's a foundational thing in our lives that if we don't make priority, Mm. oh, we're going to have some issues, right? Think about breathing. You don't think about how you're breathing on a daily basis until something goes awry, such as you start having a panic attack or you get anxious and all of a sudden you're like, why can't I breathe? And then you're totally tapped in, tuned into how you're breathing. What I find is the same happens with communication. Everyone thinks they're a great communicator until something happens, Maybe there's some resistance happening in a relationship. And then you start to look back and be like, huh, let me look back at that text I sent. Oh, crap. It Uh got all corrected. (laughs) I've had a lot of those moments. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. And just like you said, just this literally happened yesterday, everybody. I have this coaching event that I'm, I'm going away to coach and the person in charge of it is sending emails back and forth to the coaches. And something was not making sense to me. And I kept asking questions through email. And I was like, okay, but I don't quite understand this agenda. Finally, yesterday, I followed my own advice. And I said to the person leading leading this, I said, can we hop on a five-minute phone call? Brandon, within two minutes, the problem was resolved. And it was yeah. all, guess what? A miscommunication. And I told this person, I said, this is why I must have verbal communication because we have been going back and forth, probably about 10 emails. And we solved this in two minutes, right? And I just want everyone to really understand this and hear this well, because if we 
master our communication. And that doesn't mean become perfect communicators. There's no such thing as perfection. But if we start to place strong priority on the way we're communicating at work, at home, I promise you that you will begin to lead your life in the way you envision. You will begin to live the life that you want, have the relationships you want, have the career you want, because communication, everything starts with it everything. And when we learn to master it, we become limitless. And I can speak on this because this is what has happened and continues to happen in my own life. The best times of my life, Brandon, have been when I had really freaking amazing communication and I was being clear and I was listening fully. And I've had the worst times of my life and the hardest times when there was ineffective communication, where communication was happening strictly through text messages or strictly through emails. And I realized this is a problem. And I know I'm not just having it. I know that everyone who lives in this society right now with their smartphones attached to them, like they're an extra limb is experiencing this. What's interesting to me about the why behind using technology, you know, we use it as a crutch, probably because we think it's easier, simpler, asynchronous. So we can get to it when we need to, we don't need the other person there in the moment. Like you can pick up a text or email whenever you want on your own time. And so we think it saves time. But the example you just gave where you picked up the phone and solved the problem in two minutes, that that should be the evidence you need right there to say, maybe the face-to-face for certain conversations is really important. Yes. And again, it's all balanced. That's why the subtitle of my book is Balancing New School Technology with Old School Simplicity, because it's not one or the other. And that's what I want everyone to understand. It's not all or nothing. It's not you can only be a digital communicator or you can only be an in-person communicator. Absolutely not. We want to learn to balance these two worlds because when we do, that's when we become master communicators. When I know, Brandon, the right time and place to reach out to you through an email versus the right time and place to say, no, you know what? I feel like Brandon's not truly understanding what I'm saying. I'm going to pick up the phone or ask him, hey, can we hop on a three-minute Zoom? Knowing that time and place is what allows us to become yeah. limitless. So you've probably one of the most unique backgrounds of anybody I've, I've interviewed on this show. Uh, you got a background in Broadway, TV, and film. What did you learn from that career? I know you're kind of starting a new chapter of your life, but what did you learn about communication from all those jobs and sets and whatever else you did in the show business? I learned what I just shared, which is that everything starts with communication. And when we learn to master this skill, we become limitless. And I've had the joy and the honor of communicating through so many different mediums. You just said it on a stage in front of thousands, tens of thousands of people, you know, on a, on a film screen, on a television screen, walking out of a stage door, connecting one-on-one with the fans. I've really communicated in, I feel like, mostly every way that you can. And the one thing that holds true, Brandon, is that no matter who you are, no matter what business you're in, no matter how much education you have or how many accolades, if you don't know how to genuinely connect with another human being or human beings, you're not fully living and you will not live to your full potential because I believe 
what has helped me in my life to achieve some wonderful, beautiful things is not that I was always the best singer in the room or the best dancer or the best actor or even the best communication coach. But what I do give myself credit for is being able to truly connect with people on a real level by being my real self. And that I believe will bring anyone further along in their career, no matter what that career is, because we cannot forget we are human beings and human beings are meant to connect. And when we forget about that, that is when we feel some resistance in our lives. So having the career that I had for over 17 years on Broadway and TV film and now being a coach, it's so exciting for me because all of those mediums meld together in a beautiful way. Because the thing that is in common is what I just shared. And and I love this quote that Simon Sinek said that I use all the time. We don't do business with companies. We do business with people. And in my training, especially when I help train companies and I help their teams, that's what I'm really assisting them with, which is creating these genuine connections with their clients, with their customers, with their team members, because that at the end of the day is the core of it all. Yeah. It's interesting, like when we hide behind the digital tools, I mean, they're they're great sometimes, but I think you're you lack the humanity behind it. Yes. We hide behind an avatar, we just hide in general behind this. And and you're right, like we're trying to do business and interact with humans. It's human to human. It's not business yes. to business. It's yes. not business to consumer, it's human to human. And and I think we sacrifice a lot when we just hide behind these tools. I would love to offer this challenge to everyone listening. Think about in your own life when you have hired someone for a service. Let's just use the simple example of walking into a car dealership and having someone at that car dealership walk up to you and say like, Hey, what's your name? Oh, hey, Brandon. Oh, Brandon, I got to show you this new car that we have today. Oh my gosh, it's a this, that speed. It's amazing. It has this and that and all these things. And they're telling you about this new car and they walk you over there and you're like, whoa, you're feeling a little overwhelmed because really you came in to look for a new minivan for your four children. So this person's giving you all this information that really you don't need. And then you walk into that same car dealership and someone else walks up to you and says, hi, what can I do for you? What's your name? And you tell them your name and and they say, what can I do for you today? What brought you in here? And they put the ball in your court and they listen to your needs and they respond with, oh my goodness, you, you have four kids? I have four kids too. So I completely get where you're coming from. Boom, a connection's made. Now you feel this comfort, whether on a conscious or subconscious level, you feel like you're being heard. So now when this person says, you know, Brandon, why don't we walk around? You let me know what stands out to you. We could take it for a test drive if you want. If you don't want to, you can come back another day with your wife, whatever you choose. Who would you go with? Oh, the person that sought to understand. and Yes. <laughs> That's the funny thing about communication is it's not all about like the tactics we use to communicate. It's a lot about listening. Oh, yes. And seeking to understand. Yes. I couldn't agree more. And I say all the time, I believe one of the most crucial components of being a master communicator is being a master listener. And that means being a complete listener. What do I mean by that? I mean, not being the person who's listening 
while they're thinking about what they're going to jump in and say next. But the person who truly sits back, takes a deep breath, grounds themselves, and allows that person to be heard. I say, I like to say, Brandon, that complete listening is a two-way gift. You give the other person the gift of having an open platform to be heard, and you give yourself the gift of possibly learning something new, gaining a new perspective, or my most favorite, realizing that you are more alike than different with the person that you're speaking with. And we, again, through this accelerated digital world that we live in, our minds have accelerated. I read a book in doing my research that talked about how our brains are truly changing. The Distracted Mind, it's called the book. And our brains are actually changing and becoming more fast-paced through technology. As I mentioned before, I'm sitting here writing an email or I'm looking for something online, an ad pops up. Next thing I know, I'm purchasing a flight for a vacation I'm not even taking when the whole point of me (laughs) going online was to search for something that I had to share with a coworker, right? So because of that, our minds are moving so fast that many of us get in a conversation and we're like, okay, all right, what are you saying? What are you saying? Oh, I totally disagree with you. Because right away, we identify with what we think is a difference and our mind starts going, oh, wait till I jump in and tell them my opinion, my thoughts. And we're not fully listening. And it's such a disservice, not only to ourselves, but to the person we're speaking with. What is a person's communication home? You talk about this in the book and I'm curious what that is. Yes. Your communication home is your most natural way of communicating that feels the most natural to you. I.e., are you someone who is comfortable with avoiding? Do you often avoid honest communication? Are you someone who jumps to anger quickly? Are you someone who just prefers direct verbal interaction? That's me. I am definitely someone who chooses the direct verbal interaction over anything else. I gave you the example that just happened yesterday with hopping on a phone call right away. And this is a beautiful thing to identify and know for yourself because when you know what home you lie in, that gives you a great starting point to then develop other styles. So for example, let me use myself as an example. Just because I am most comfortable with direct verbal interaction, that doesn't mean my style of communicating is always the best in every situation. If I am, just say, living with a roommate and my roommate is more someone who listens but doesn't share, that's another communication style, that type of person who is a great listener but they don't share much about themselves. They'll just sit and listen to you and ask you questions, but you realize, oh, I never really hear about this person, (laughs) right? So if, if that's how my roommate is, and I'm constantly going into direct verbal interaction, maybe that doesn't always work. Or maybe there's someone who they're more of an avoider. Maybe they don't want to hear what I have to say at that moment. So I have to understand, okay, I need to take a step back, Mm -hmm. 
I need to listen a little bit more. And that helps me to become a well-rounded communicator and a well-rounded communicator is a master communicator. Yeah. I I was curious about that just because like if you have awareness around your own tendencies, then maybe it makes it easier to flex with other people. Like, okay, I recognize this in myself and I recognize this in them in the moment. And now I can flex my communication style based on who I'm interacting with. The workplace is full of people with different communication styles. And so I think this would be very important to understand what your own tendencies are so you could interact better with others. Absolutely. Am I thinking about it the right way? Yes, that was beautiful, beautifully said. I'm going to have to clip this so I can let everyone else (laughs) understand it. That was beautiful. Yes, and I love that you said that. And for anyone, you know, all of our business listeners here, This is so important for you to identify. So if for no other reason for you to pick up this book than to read that chapter and identify this for yourself, this will literally excel you in the workplace more than you can possibly imagine. Because like you just said, we are all different. We are unique. Our communication homes come from our own upbringing, right? The religion we're brought up in, the culture we're brought up in, all of these different factors. And by understanding this and having this awareness for ourselves, we can much better connect with those that we're working with. We know that communication is vital to all relationships. And when it comes to a brand new relationship, how might you go about establishing what our communication norms would be? Would you like, would you ask somebody like if I, if I have a new employee, say joining my team, should I ask them what their communication styles are? Should I just wait and see? Should I ask certain questions and kind of get a feel for it? Like what, what would you recommend in a new relationship? I recommend being the change you wish to see, right? Gandhi, I love that quote Mm -hmm. so much. Be the change you wish to see in the world. (laughs) I love that quote so much. It's in the book because I always say the best leaders lead by being and not by telling. Mm, So what that means is if you want to work amongst great communicators, which I hope that's a goal for any leader or anyone working in general, I'd hope that we all want to be around great communicators because that's the basis of our workplace. That's the basis of our relationships. That means you must be a great communicator. And how do you do that, Brandon? By being as clear as you possibly can. And in a new relationship, professional or personal, why not ask the question? And by you asking the question and saying, hey, I'd love to know if you could identify or share what your communication style is, what's the most comfortable way that you communicate and ask them up front, that automatically shows them that you're a great communicator, you're a clear communicator, and that will unconsciously make them want to step up and be a better communicator. So I absolutely suggest putting it out there right at the beginning. For myself, when I first started dating my husband, I share this very personal story in the book. The book is full of personal stories. You will get to know me very well, my friends, once you read this book. Those who know me say, Renee, I can hear you reading it. <laughs> like it's me. It's me. It's literally me. You're like, "Oh my gosh, she's sitting down with me across the table from me." But I talk about when my husband and I first started dating and how I told him right off the bat, now this wasn't the first date, but we were dating for like over a month and it was getting to that point where in my mind I was like, "All right, we need to have a conversation because I feel the signs pointing to a mutual connection, but we haven't verbally stated it." And for me, Miss Direct Verbal Interactor, I'm thinking to myself, all right, this conversation needs to happen. 
So we, we start speaking about it one night. And when we opened the floodgates and talked about how we do want to be official and be boyfriend and girlfriend, the first thing I said to Michael, who's my now husband, I said, just so you know, communication is my deal breaker. Communication is the most important factor to me in a relationship. So I just want you to know that upfront. And for me, and this is a great lesson for everyone listening, for me, putting that out, putting those cards on the table at the forefront was the best possible thing I could have done. Because even if he said, oh, well, you know what? I don't really like communicating too honestly and it's not comfortable for me. Even though that would have sucked in a way because I really cared about him, it would have saved me years upon years of trying to make a relationship work that at the core wasn't meant to because we had different priorities. So for anyone out there who's scared of putting themselves out there, scared of speaking up about what their deal breakers are, whether at work or at home, trust me, as scared as you feel now, you will save yourself so much time. And time, my friends, is the one thing we cannot get back in this life. Time. So do it for yourself now. And even if it's uncomfortable, do it anyway, because I promise you after you put it out there, no matter what answer you get, you will feel validated and proud of yourself for taking what I call imperfect action and getting the information up front. I love that. I pulled a quote from your book and I want you to unpack this because I think there's so much you can expand on. The quote says, when we are so wrapped up in what is happening on the other side of our screens, we tend to miss the small moments right in front of us, end quote. And I just think being present is something that the digital stuff really hinders our ability to be present, whether at work, you know, let's say somebody walked into my office and I'm sitting there typing away on an email while somebody's trying to talk to me, or this happened last night. My wife was trying to talk to me as I was writing an email from my phone. And this is happening too often where we're just glued to our screens, but we're missing what's happening around us. Talk more about that. Yes. I love that you brought up that quote. And I just got chills when you read it because <laughs> it is, and I just thought of this, everyone, you're hearing it first. It just came to mind as you read that, Brandon, being present is a present. And what that means is, and what that quote means is there is a world in front of us that's real and in real time and beautiful and incredible. And when we choose to spend more time in the virtual world, we are missing so many incredible moments. Think about this. When you walk in or out of an establishment and you have your phone in hand and you're like, I just have to send this email and you forget to hold the door open for the person in front of you or behind you. Think about what a missed opportunity that is to take yourself out of the equation, but to possibly help someone else step outside of their own darkness or step outside of their own negativity that may be going on in their minds. When we are present and we put our phones away and we open the door for someone or we smile when we're online with them and we compliment them on their beautiful hair or their beautiful eyes, we do not know the power or the positive effect we're making on them because as I just stated, they could be wrapped up in some deep negative thoughts yes. that if you didn't share that smile with them, they could be thinking, wow, like life is just 
sucky. There are no good people in this mm-hmm. world anymore. And in that moment of you being present with them and saying, wow, miss, I just have to tell you, I love that bag you have, or your eyes are so beautiful. You can literally have the ability to pull them out of a moment that could have potentially brought them down a dark hole. And I just think of that and I could cry because I've done this so many times. I think it's such a beautiful practice of just being present at the doctor's office, in the waiting room, wherever you are, and not taking your phone out and just smiling or saying hello to someone. And the times I've done this, Brandon, what I notice consistently is that the other person all of a sudden feels like their shoulders go back. They smile as if they needed a confidence boost that they weren't even aware of. And like, what a gift, right? Like what a gift in this world we're living that look at what what is happening right now. So much pain, so much darkness. If we have that ability in a split second to just make someone feel good, oh my goodness, that in itself is worth it to leave your damn phone in the car whenever you're going in or out of somewhere. I couldn't agree more. Let's end the conversation with this. Um, and I had so many more things I wanted to talk about, but I, I want to you know respect the time. Uh, a lot of organizations are moving to a hybrid work environment. And I think that brings a lot of challenges because you have people interacting face-to-face and then you have people working remotely and you're trying to do it all within the same work environment. What advice do you have for leaders of these companies who now, you know, might have a meeting where you have a team that's partially in a conference room interacting face to face and then others are logging in virtually? How do you how do you balance all this stuff? You, my friends, as the leaders are the trend setters, right? You as the leader You must treat that meeting just as you would a physical in-person meeting if everyone was in the room with you. And hopefully, if that were the case, you would greet everyone, right? How are you? Have some casual conversation before getting right into work. You would be wearing shoes that make you feel comfortable yet professional. You would not be sitting on your bed with sweatpants on, kind of leaning back as if you just woke up, right? It's all about you treating it like you would an in-person physical meeting. And when you have that same pride and you have that same integrity, that shows. And everyone in that meeting, whether they're virtual or they're in-person, they will feel that. So put in your own brain, even though I'm inside my house right now, right? Or or half of us are in our homes, half of us are not. I'm on. going to treat this as if we were all in the same room. Hmm. Yeah, it's good advice. I mean, because it'd be so easy to uh, just get distracted with the the digital, the tools that we have. And uh, I, c- I can imagine that it'd be pretty hard to, to bring a team together. But I like your advice of setting the tone as a leader and treating everybody as if they're right there in the yes. room. And everyone, remember, especially virtually, become distractible proof. Close out the other tabs. I know it's tempting. Oh, I'm behind a screen. No one can really see what I'm doing with my hands on the phone. Do yourself a favor. Do everyone there a favor. Show respect, integrity by having your phone away. Close out the tabs and treat you for yourself. Treat your interaction as if it were in person and people could see you and everything you're doing physically. Well said. Renee, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Uh, Where can people learn more about you, connect with you, anything that you want to point people to? 
Yes, please come connect, my friends. I love connecting with those who who are listening to an interview that I've done or or you tell me your takeaways. That means a lot to me. You can find me on Instagram at I am Renee Marino. Please order a copy of my book because when you do, my friends, you get a free ebook to gift someone and nothing is more special to me than getting gifted a book. Like what? Right. And this is, is cool because as you know, Brandon, it's also a workbook. Each section has a reflection section for you to write answers to the questions that are there, which is really powerful. So do yourself a favor, grab a copy. You can grab a copy. Um, you can go to becomingamastercommunicator.com. And yeah, reach out to me on Instagram. I would love to meet you. And um, I'm just so grateful to be speaking with you today, Brandon. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Renee Marino, thanks so much. Thank you.